Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Analyze and Educate podcast. This week, we have another guest on who is my co-writer over on the blog, Mr. Patrick Rafino. You may have read some of his articles. He's a Marine veteran. After he got done with his time in the Marine Corps, he did some overseas contracting, and he now does EMT work uh, recently in New York and in Missouri as well. So it was a good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. This one is uh, less serious than the other ones that we've done, and um, if you're offended by strong language, then maybe this is one you should skip, but if not, then uh, by all means, hope you enjoy it. And before we get started, this podcast is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop. Home of the Thules, the tactical handbook for unit leaders. And that's available at megearco.com and Amazon as well. So again, thank you guys for all the support. Really appreciate you uh, listening, spreading the word, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time. We, we in business. We in business. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pat, what's going on, man? How are you? Living my best life, man. Out here drinking my drinking my tea, watching the rain on this beautiful Missouri day. It's raining out there? Oh uh, dude, nonstop, man. It's mis- it's miserable. Yeah, that honestly does not sound too pleasant. <laughs> I bet it's humid too. Oh uh, dude, like it is. Just ter- terrible. That's why I'm wearing my uh, Mission Essential Flamingo Silkies. Oh, oh, little, yeah. little shameless plug right there. Little name drop. Nice of you. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why, you know, Big Boss, Big Boss says make content. We say how much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Are you, so are you, are you from? I'm sorry. Did you say Missouri or Mississippi? I always forget. It's Missouri, right? It's Missouri. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm a. I'm from New York. Okay. New York City. Gotcha. Yeah. Queens, New Where, York. Oh, you're from Queens. Yeah. Okay, that's what's up. My mom's from the Bronx. I've never been, but I man, that's where my family's from. My mom's side, at least. Yeah. My uh, my mom went to high school with um, Jordan Belfort. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, That's what's rad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's I have amazing. I have a fan going on in the background right now. Can you hear it? No. Okay. No, good. Yeah. Just want to make sure it's like not messing with the audio. I'm like, my kids asleep right now, like in the living room. So I'm in the bedroom right now. That gets all the light, like the late afternoon. Yeah. So I'm trying not to, uh, like die here. Pretty much. Yeah. No, dude, totally dying is terrible, man. It's uh, it's less, way less than desirable. Yeah, it's not preferable for sure. So you know, before well, before you get started, let me see if I can find some better earphones. I feel like I feel like this would work a lot better if I had some better earphones. Let me see if I can find them real quick. Yeah, no, still still sounds good. Okay, awesome. Uh, so. Um, for those who don't know you, you want to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Pat. I'm one of the contributing writers um, at Analyze and Educate. Um, been doing that for a couple minutes. Uh, work in Missouri in a nice little place 
with uh, doing EMS, and uh, I was in the Marine Corps with a very nondescript, non-knowable enlistment most people, and I was an overseas contractor for about three years. Okay, yeah, so you already, for, for uh, anyone who doesn't know, Pat here is, uh, you know, my co-writer here on the uh, blog, and has actually, like, pretty much hooked me up with all three of the guests that I've had on, so he's made all of that possible. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that, for sure. Um, no, no issue. Uh, and so, I mean, we already touched on where you grew up, I guess. Um, how long did you stay in New York? So, um, initially born and raised, you know, 17 years, left for the service, acted like a, a degenerate um, when, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps. Went back from 2015 to around, I'd say like February 2015 to around, um, I think it was November 2015, then moved to Texas and then started bouncing all over the place from then. So, you know, and then uh, I went back for recently in April for the COVID response. Um I think it was like 34 days I ended up doing up there. So it's pretty, pretty rad for that. Okay. Nice. Nice. And so yeah. what, uh, what made you want to join the Marines? Uh, my dad was on the job during nine 11. Um, a lot of family members and whatnot were also like public servants. Um, my, my family grew up in, in New York city and, my aunts were working in that in around ground zero. So definitely that whole nine 11 situation really prompted me to that. And then, um, Oh man, it was, it was freaking stupid. Honestly, <laughs> it was just looking, looking back on it, dude. I just saw the commercials, thought it was cool. And I wanted to join the service. And then I just thought join the Marines would have been the best thing. And I think I had a friend who was going to join the Marines when we were like eighth grade. So I was like, fuck yeah, man, I'm going to join the Marines too. Like I knew I was going to join the military. And yeah. So that was, that was really it. No, man. I mean, that's uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fairly, uh, fairly common for sure. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what'd your dad do? You said he's public service of some, some sort. He, yeah. He was a New York city firefighter for a while. Okay. And, um, yeah. Then he did. He started his own contracting company, just building and whatnot. So it's pretty, pretty all right for that. Okay. Nice. And nothing. Nothing too high speed, you know. <laughs> I hear it, man. Uh, what was your MLS? I was a airframe mechanic, man. I, uh, like I said, very nondescript. Uh, nondescript enlistment one deployment to afghanistan didn't really do much um you know 2013 you know it was a kind of a winding down of everything and then uh that's that's kind of our age group when when you talk to a lot of guys like even even homeboy who was on before me austin yeah he's like he's like a year and a half older than me man and you know, a couple of guys I went to boot camp with, they were in the margin push. 
like when mostly like sang in like 2011. But then after that, man, like that was really it, you know, like I'm 26, 27 years old, all those guys, 28 years old now that that was, that was the last big push, man. And we still, like my unit still did a lot of good things. I was in the Huey and Cobra unit. And I think we killed like over a hundred like people. Like I remember having our little board anytime we had like confirmed bad guy kills and shit, but you know, I don't, I don't know if that means anything now, you know? <laughs> Like I've seen some of the numbers that the aviation units, like the armies over there and their Cobra, or not Cobras and their Apaches. And I know they're not getting those numbers. So, but it's a different mission, different war now. So you take that for what it's worth. No, for sure. Hey man, you guys, uh, you guys did what you were asked to do for sure. And I mean, so obviously people over there that, uh, need killing, you know, so, you guys do what you had to do. Oh, well. And so, that was yeah, – no. oh, sorry, my I bad. Well, I definitely view it as being blessed, man, even to have the opportunity to go, like, during my enlistment. Um, no matter how, you know, minimal I thought the experience was, it definitely, it definitely helped me out. Uh, further down the road just on like other things if that makes sense as far as just like learning and uh figure like further down the road on my my career and whatnot no i'm i'm sure i'm sure and like i mean there are a ton of dudes now that would have loved an afghan deployment you know even in 2013 2014 i went to yeah. kuwait in 2016 and we didn't do a whole hell of a lot yeah, I mean, we were crisis response, and we kind of like ran up and down helicopters, you know, in 120 degree weather, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, like you got some cool, you got some cool like pictures. That's 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 really about it at this point, man. Yeah, yeah for sure, dude. I don't know. It's like I don't, I don't really <laughs> serve a shame anyone anymore, man. Like. There's really, there's really no point. I, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, and Austin has touched on this when you talk to him, man. Just some of the characters you, you've met, you meet, especially on the contract, and some of these service members are just real ugly people. And like you can tell, there's there's definitely a seek of validation for them. And uh, Austin will know this guy's name. I'll call him the fuck out right now because I don't like him. His name's Dan Smith. <laughs> one 140 fucking dance minutes probably in the Marine Corps right now. So they're all, but this dude was a 240 gunner. Allegedly he was, uh, I don't remember what unit he was in. He was in the Marine Corps. He did a 2012 deployment and he was like, yeah, man, I was always clearing rooms when I was over there with this like, 240. Yeah, exactly. And I was what? like, man, I'm not new. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. And I'm not no high speed guy. I was like, weren't you guys supposed to be like the last guy in, if that, or providing rear security like outside, like when you're clearing rooms? And he's like, well, not in my unit. I was like, <laughs> your unit's fucked up, dude. <laughs> unit's either full of fucking idiots or you're like the biggest bullshitter in the world. Yeah, dude. So that's a. That's that's a that's that's a good story. And he's like, yeah, man, I've probably been in more gunfights than anyone here. 
And like, that was one of like the six things, like the first six sentences that came out of his mouth when I oh, met him. God. And I was like, yeah. And I wasn't even like on his contract or anything. Like this guy had no idea who I was like, go, essentially I was a complete <clears throat> stranger to him. I'm talking to Austin or somebody. And, uh, that was like a sentence that came out of his fucking mouth, man. And I was like, Dude, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know what, man? I've one thing that I've noticed, and I obviously didn't do contracting, but I especially noticed it in the Marines is like people, dudes like that will tell like the biggest BS stories to people that that they'll never see again, like in their lives, you know, that they just happen to come into contact with. So like yeah. there was there was this dude. Uh, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name him. I'm not gonna call him out. Um, even though he'll probably never hear this, but whatever. There was this this dude in my company that ended up uh, he got sent to S three, right? Um, just because I mean he like fucked up a lot, and that's not to say like I'm perfect. You know what I mean? By no means is I, but he fucked up a lot, and he he was a dick, right? He pissed a lot of people off for no reason. Um. So they put him in S3 and then we, we were doing ITX out in 29 Palms. And I know me and a few of my buddies got put on road guard for that. Right. So you like the, the units are out doing their ranges and you kind of just sit out there in the middle of the desert and basically yeah, like no, make sure no one drives into the impact area and dies. Right. And that's that's pretty much the whole reason why you're out there. That's a fun duty, man. I've played that game too. So. Ugh. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking hot, but whatever. Um, so yeah, this this dude, um, like I said, was on S three, and I guess S three did some lane training with um some like MPs out there, right? It was like they're from like Second LE out of Lejeune or something like that, and they did lane training like uh, mount stuff, and. <laughs> I guess each one of these LE squads has a DM pretty much, right? Like a security forces squad would. They have like the M110 uh, or whatever that fucking thing is called. The semi-auto sniper. And uh, yeah, yeah so this dude like uh, went up to, the, to their like squad's DM and was like, oh yeah, you know, can I hold the rifle? Blah, 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 all this stuff, right? And he's like playing around with it. And he's like, oh yeah, like... I, uh, you know, I carried this um, in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, like uh, we used to like shoot dogs with this and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, one, like, why are you bragging about shooting dogs? Like who the fuck cares? And two, you weren't in Iraq and you weren't in Afghanistan because you're like fucking 21 years old at this point. You know what I mean? You weren't in Iraq or Afghanistan. Didn't happen. And so this dude, to get back to my point, this dude, um, you know, assumed, hey, these guys are from Camp Lejeune. I'm never going to see these guys again. They don't know anybody that I know. Right. So I'm going to tell them this BS story. And later in the day, that LE platoon basically like came up to our post. Right. And I, they had a ton of downtime. Right. So we were just kind of BSing with them. They're like, hey, do you do you know this guy so and so? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm sure I do. Right. You know, he's. Uh, mortarman you know kind of my height like white dude and they're like yeah yeah that's him and yeah they repeated like everything they told me like yeah is any of this true nope nope not a single thing he told you guys is true <laughs> Lied, right? 
right to your faces about everything, man. Cause he, he probably thought, uh, you guys have never come into contact with anyone that he knows. Right. And try and verify all his BS. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, uh, uh, I, I'm, I saw a lot of that, dude. And, like, everyone over-embellishes. Because if you have, like, a semi-traumatic moment or something like that, like, it, it makes it go way crazier than it really is in your mind. And, you know, I, I get that, man. And even when I tell some stories that, or talk to people, I'm like, you know, I'll be like, in reality, the fish was probably, like, the size of my hand. But in my mind, it's the size of my body. And, you know, I'll, I'll poke fun at myself with that now just because – I guess I'm older and don't care as much, but it's a, it's, it just gets kind of nuts, man. Like you always get called out. Like you always get, um, like I saw someone on Facebook talking about like a screening procedure on a, a U.S. installation today and was talking about how, like when he was there, this is how they did it. And I was like, one, um, this is offset Two, like, you weren't there because that was my job and you didn't work with me. And like, I worked with those people you're talking about and it's not like CIA or right? it's, it's low speed stuff. It's really just badging and, you know, credentials of whatnot. And I'm like, you weren't a part of any of that. So I don't know what the fuck you think you're talking about, amigo. Like you're just <laughs> reflecting the flex, you know, like it's like, dude, why are you lying about, being a freaking badging supervisor, man. Like, no one cares that much. They don't even know that's a fucking job. <laughs> Stupid. That's that's another thing I noticed, man, is, like, no, but nobody cares, dude. Like, nobody cares, you know, who you are or what you did. Because why should they? It doesn't affect them. You know, so these yeah, dudes that tell all these BS stories about uh, you know, how they were getting into firefights and, you know, fucking Corongo Valley or whatever BS stories they want to tell about places they've never been to. Like, nobody cares, even if it was true. Doesn't yeah. matter. Like, I've, I've come across some people who, who know people and it's like, you're able to cross-reference stories and shit like that. And you're like, fuck, dog. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, stop being a little cockbag really what it comes down to it's like you get fucking called the fuck out man for sure dude and i know like i don't know about contracting but i mean you know the the military and especially the marine corps dude it's a small world like i guarantee if me and you took enough time we we could probably find at least one person that we both know even though we served at different times you could probably find at least one person the marine corps is a very small world dude I was in a medical field hospital, dude, in New York contract. And I met people who knew people of like that. I didn't even know, like we're contracting where I live here. Mm-hmm. Like that. We're telling like that. We're like, yeah, I knew this guy in 2008. He was from your bullshit ass city that you live in. And I was like, yeah, no, I know that guy, man. He's, he's kind of a cool guy. Like I knew he'd been to Iraq, but I didn't know he was that cool. for sure what's up yeah man it's that it's that like it's that simple man like it's that uh i don't know it's it's something that's that's it's something else man these people these people blow my fucking mind every day (laughs) like 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I hear it, dude. So I like the the big boss. I don't I don't know. I don't think he wants his name dropped. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop his name. But um, like I met him through one of my friends that I met in boot camp. Right. So that's how that's how I got to know him because my uh, buddy was promoting this company, and then you know I bought some stuff and just got to talking to him. But it turns out that. Uh, me and the big boss, like we know mutual people too, right? Like dudes that were in my unit. Yeah. And I, you know, we kept talking and later down the line, uh, we actually like figured out me and him actually met before when we were in boot camp. So it took me a while to remember that, but yeah, like me and the big boss, we knew each other in boot camp. Yeah. That's how the majority of my work I get, man, like outside of like my normal scope, like now that I'm home and I can't leave as much, like it's all just fucking connections and doing good by one guy. And then he's like, Hey man, can you come by tomorrow? Or like, you know, it's like not, you know, we're being put in a moment where you're not fucked up and you, the right person sees that you're not fucked up and they're just like, Hey man, like, I need you to do this. Now you keep going outside your scope a little bit or, you know, that's really how I've made the majority of my connections and majority of my money, man. It's nothing, nothing too crazy outside of that. I promise you. Oh, for sure, man. So like there's, (laughs) I was going to interview you, dude, and we've just gone on like off such a big like tangent, but I, I'm fine with it because it gives us stuff to talk about. Right. So yeah. um, there's this, and I don't I don't want to name drop them yet, right? Because I like literally just hooked up with these guys like today. Like I'm still very new to this, but um, there's this group of like writers on. I found them on Twitter, right? And they kind of talk about like some of the stuff that we do too, but I think they're a little more detailed. Um, and yeah, like I, I read their articles because they're really interesting. And then this dude followed me on Instagram and I checked out his profile. Right. And he like just happened to be the co-founder of this group who's like posts I've been reading. And I tell them like, hey, man, I, I'm reading your guys's article right now. Like, it's really interesting. It's really cool. And he's like, oh, well, let me know if you want to do some work together. Like, yeah, I definitely do. So. Yeah. No, 100%, man. Like, it's, it's, it's something else. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it's really comes down to, and I don't know if I've listened to a bunch of the Rugi podcasts that he's been on, but it really comes down to just not being a fucking dick. (laughs) And a lot of your issues go away, man. Like, if you're just not a fucking dick and like you're semi respectful to people and you just do the right thing, like, Usually half decent things happen. I'm not gonna say good things happen to you because there is a lot of luck in there, but like usually half decent things happen, especially in the whole military, even you know, freelancing, tactical, tac EMS, medical fucking support, contracting, like like you will get fucked over by someone for being nice, but like I've been fucked over and, and the people who fucked me over aren't doing too hot and I'm doing way better off, man. Like no matter how cutthroat it is, there's always someone who's going to see that you weren't a piece of shit and will take care of you. Yeah. I, you know? I hear it. You're like, it's you're going to rarely, 
piss people off by being a good dude. You know what I mean? Again, like people, yeah. some people will take advantage of that, right? A small percentage of people, but in general, you'll probably end up doing pretty fairly decent, I guess, at least. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm doing pretty all right. You know, I like to consider myself, uh, I don't know. I like to consider myself a pretty okay dude. So it is what well, it is. Pat, I think you're, uh, for what it's worth, I think you're a pretty okay dude as well. Well, you're, you're kind of paying me, so. Something's something's doing the right. Something's going right. Okay, fair enough. But fair enough. But yeah, man. Oh, making big moves, man. The both of us. No, I <laughs> I like it, man. I'm I definitely like starting to notice some some decent growth, both like for the both of us and then for uh, the company as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm getting some random DMs, man. So that's good. That's that, you know, I had one guy call me a fucking loser, and I was just like weird facts. But he didn't have a fucking profile, man. So I'm pretty sure it was Dan Smith. So fuck you, Dan Smith. This dude just bitch. like your dude just like your mortal enemy or what? No, I just think he's a dumb bitch, dude. Like he was talking about how fucking cool he is. Well, we had details going to Kabul and whatnot. And he's like, I don't leave the water anymore. Those days are over. And I'm like, bro, there's mad snacks out there. He's like, you know what else there's out there? Bombs. I'm like, okay, but snacks, my dog. <laughs> but but fucking snacks, Afghan falafels and shit like that. Sounds that, good, dog. actually. I could go for a good falafel right now. Dude, these dudes, these like weird, these weird like shawarma fucking uh, bombs that my guys used to give me, fucking awesome, dude. Like, like that was, that was probably the best part about me being overseas, man, is the amount of uh, the amount of food that they would just hook me up with, man. That's, yeah. so, that's my cat, by the way. He he's from Afghanistan too. Is he actually? So. Yeah, no, I brought him over. He he got blown the fuck up. Jesus. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, he um so he was in this place called Green Village, which um is like fucking a hotel, a beautiful, beautiful oasis. And um I was there like the day before, the day after, some nonsense. Well, I leave, it gets blown the fuck up. Um and uh he was one of the cats there and like they have cats all over this place, you know, and people used to feed him, give him chicken. Well, I remember him when he was born. Well, apparently he didn't die, which is uber cool. And uh, yeah, man, I brought him back dude, through this awesome group, which I'm trying to work with and hopefully go over and help them do cool guy stuff, smuggle animals back into the first world. But yeah, dude. His name is Sib, C-I-B, because he's seen more combat than uh, most people in the world. He's military. seen more than me, for sure. So, yeah, so his name is Combat Infantry Badge, <laughs> Sib. I like it. Yeah, no, he's, he's a little fucking he, – he's got some terrible PTSD, man. It's pretty, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so, 
Hey, he'll just be in the middle of the night and just start screaming. And I'm just like, you going to make it, Chief? Jesus Christ, dude. Dude, yeah, like he'll come up on me and start like snuggling up to me and I'll go pet him and he'll just scream in my face and run away. So it's it's cool, man. And there's a, there's a lot of animals over there you can bring over in this in this group. And once I, you know, it's going to be one of the future people I'd like to bring on. But this group is a uh, this group is doing a lot of good work out in over there, man. you know, and uh you know, really making a difference. So you take that for what it's worth. Okay. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, if you ever wanted to bring them on, that'd, yeah, that'd be awesome. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still with you. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Making sure this thing's still working. Yeah, no. It, so, it is. so uh, what'd you do right after you got out of the Marine I Corps? I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I coached football at a charter school, which was a ridiculous, ridiculous adventure that I went on. Um, I went to school for about like a week and a half at a community college that I think, I think it's called like central Piedmont community college. Um, got in some trouble, did some dumb stuff, uh, became, started working at a strip club, started running the strip club. Um, and then eventually moved back to New York, man. And then that's kind of, I started like doing like repos, repoing cars and whatnot. And I just started working for people like doing like, private security like driving these people around and that's kind of how I started doing like all the security work and whatnot and um a buddy of mine man he 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 was doing the contracting thing and he was like he was in Kuwait he was at Arif John and he was like yeah man you know I'm making like and I'm I'm like 21 22 at this time man maybe maybe 22 and uh He's like, man, I'm making like seventy, eighty thousand dollars, not doing a goddamn thing, man. Like it's hot as fuck. Work twelve hours a day, six days a week. But like, dude, like on that seventh day, you act like a fucking party animal. And I was like, all right, man, like I'm not really into that. I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna do something, you know. Like kind of fell into that rut of like go to college, get a job type thing. And uh I'm working all these like side hustles and like, you know, I'm making a decent amount of money. I just kind of felt fucking miserable, went to school, um, still doing the security thing. Like a couple protests happened in New York. So I ended up working as a driver, like driving around a couple of big wits. I had no business driving. And uh, like we drove into like one of them protests and I had, it was like in Game of Thrones where they drive into the riot and then like a mind and. Yeah, I had to do some like weird maneuvers to get out of that. Just like find my way into a hotel and like, hey man, just stay the fuck here for the rest of the night. So, um, this is still like mid 2015. Eventually, I got down to Texas, and uh, 
you know, I was still in the bar scene, not really doing much. And then I kind of had like a little realization. It's probably middle of 2016. I was like, man, I need to, you know, I was going to school online. I graduated, got my associates. And I was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck, uh, what the fuck I'm doing with my life at this point, man. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go see some weird things in the world, see some shit. And then, uh, you know, get the fuck out of my comfort zone, really. That's pretty that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> so I just, on the whim, I applied for a Kuwait job and I applied for a Kosovo job. And uh, I took the Kosovo job because it called me quicker. Okay. Nice. So what did you do over there? Um, so that was a Force Pro gig. Um, so just, you know, pretty much it was a standard guard element. After about a month, I got print air quote we'll call it promoted to the FPOC, which is just a fancy BDOC, you know, and way more. And so I was able to do all that shit and, you know, I was able to do, uh, I could run the range, run the ranges and do the medical on the ranges and assist the OIC. So I got to do like a decent amount of like shooting and whatnot. So I learned how to actually shoot decent other you know, and, like, learn some d- decent stuff. And I was there for about 10 months. Um, and I loved it, man. Like, I got to go, like, I got to travel a bit. Like, went to Greece. Kosovo is a little landlocked country that became a thing in 2008. And it was a spawn of the, uh, of the fall of the Yugoslav Republic. So... It was pretty cool to see a lot of remnants of the war because that war only ended in the 90s and fighting still was going on for years after. So it was definitely a cool thing to be a part of to see. And uh, we did a couple cool things like the Dan Con, which is a 50 kilometer ruck, which is like their PFT. So I got to do two of those while I was over there and get a little medal for it, a little certificate, which made me feel cool. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, man. And the cool thing about the Dancon is, is because Kosovo is so, so fucked up still that they'll, they'll be like, hey, don't go into this field because there's still mines from like when the Serbs were here. And like every once in a while when you're in Kosovo, they'll just bring up fucking bombs that they find in their farms and shit. And you're just like, the fuck? Jesus. <laughs> so you got this random like Albanian dude who just brings up a fucking bomb and you're just like, hey, man, put that over there and we'll call EOD in like five minutes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's nuts, man. And that's, that's a foreigner thing, dude. Like, they're so used to that shit that like in Afghanistan, they do that shit all the time. They'd be like, they just like show you a fucking piece of ordinance and they're not like terrorists. They're just like, dude, what the fuck, man? And he's like, oh, I find this. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you not? Like, <laughs> And then, and then, you know, you call up fucking the B-Doc and the B-Doc's freaking the fuck up, out and, like, everyone's losing their goddamn minds. And you're just like, guys, like, I don't think he's a terrorist. They go out on a limb here and say he's not. So, so yeah, I did, I did the Kosovo thing for about 10 months and uh, I loved it, man. I almost went back a couple times, but... They've just decreased the pay so much that it's not worth it to me anymore. Unfortunately, nah, that's a shame. 
Yeah, it's a vacation, dog. It's a paid vacation. Like, if I uh, if I had some things go south and I had someone rent out my home, I would do it, but for another year and kind of get my chi back and all that stuff. But <laughs> until then, because dude, like, I went to I went to Albania, Macedonia, Greece. We went to Austria, and we went to Serbia. Plus, you're in Kosovo, and then I travel all around there. It's all a bunch of fucking nonsense. You know, and it's a ridiculous country, man. They drive way worse there than they do in Afghanistan, I'll tell you that much. I believe. I, it's not, it's, yeah, they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. They have these things called Kosovo Harleys, which are like tractors that they morph into becoming a... They morph into becoming like like tricycles, so like motorized tricycles that they put like a trailer on, and that's a taxi cab dog, and they're just shuffling people up and down the road. That doesn't really sound like it's oh. the safest thing you could drive. No, nah, man, it's 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 not. I'll uh I'll find a picture, man, and show you. But yeah, it's a uh, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh no, dude. What was Macedonia like? Uh, um, so I was there during like some civil unrest. So you have the refugees coming, which I was in a coffee shop once and we saw a bunch of people just running through. And I was like, yo, I'm pretty sure those are a bunch of refugees that just ran through us, which, Hey man, like that's, that's whatever. And because uh, they all come up through Greece, funneled from Turkey, you know, so they're running through there. Um, they have a bunch of beautiful, uh, they have a bunch of beautiful like statues and like everything is given to Alexander the Great and Philip of Macedonia and whatnot. But if you go to the Greece Macedonian border, like there's a bunch of like people who are just yelling like fuck you, fuck you, and they're like Alexander the Great was Greek, and they're like no, he is a Macedonian, <laughs> and you like throw in Bulgarians in there who are like you know like the Bulgarian Empire was actually Macedonia, so Macedonia isn't even a real country; it is Bulgaria. So in theory, Bulgaria is actually Alexander the Great's home, and you're like bro. None of this shit is fucking real to me anymore. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I wonder if there's even that much of difference between like ethnic Greeks and ethnic Macedonians. Who the fuck knows, dude? Like, it, it really, it, dude. It, it, I have no idea, man. And I used to get into these arguments in college all the time. They're like, if we were just one race, there would be no wars. And, like, because this one girl was talking about, like, there needs to be, like, a mandatory percentage of, like, interracial marriages. I was like, one, that's fucking terrifying to mandate this shit. Two, um, have you heard of fucking Yugoslavia, my dog? (laughs) (laughs) Did not work out too well. Or Austria-Hungary, man. Um, How about anywhere in the fucking world, dude? Jesus. You want to know why we know who the fucking Iroquois and, and all them shit and all these Muskegee tribes are? Because they killed everyone else who they didn't like. That's all this shit is, man. Like, it's just another dude fucking murdering another dude. And we've, in like a society, we forget that, that like how terrible fucking humans are, man. Like, yeah, humans are pretty awful. It's, 
Yeah, we do a lot of fucked up shit, dude. And that's like, and that that was probably the best part about Kosovo, man. Is like you saw like as recent, you know, as recent as like in the mid two thousands. That that that's where that war was, man. Like that's that's how fucked up everything was. Yeah, in in Kosovo, all the Balkans. A little bit about in my class last semester. It was like some uh, poli sci class, um, and there's like there's still a lot about that area, like in the '90s and early 2000s, that confuses me. But it, like some of the stuff we learned, just horrifying, man, absolutely horrifying. Oh, like I've seen like some of the mass graves in this place called Mitro Visa. Like, I haven't seen the actual, like, mass, like, I know that sounds fucking dumb. I haven't seen, like, like people in the graves, but I've been to those sites, and it's nuts, man. And, like, a couple of guys we worked, I worked with were there in the 90s. Like, they've been in Kosovo for so long because they all met local girls, got married, all that dumb shit, you know, real war brides. And uh, there was this thing called Unmik which was United Nations mission in Kosovo. Yeah. And they they did all that fucking shit, man. And they were like, dude, it's fucking nuts how fucked up this place is. Like, I guess, dude. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, like Bosnia, the same thing, man. A lot of those guys who are in Bosnia say the same thing about how fucked up it's all but it's it's it was cool to see that shit though like it gives you a new perspective you know it's, it's really all it comes down to to me for me at this point places getting new perspectives like and Kosovo definitely did that for me so yeah I hear it man so what'd you do after Kosovo I moved to Evansville, and my buddy was going to Iraq, either Iraq or Afghanistan as a contractor. He owned his own company, and uh, I worked for him for a little bit. And I was running his company um, poorly, by the way, (laughs) and couple clients a couple of jewelers that did work you know uh, indiana missouri and chicago and um that, you know we did that for a minute so that was pretty all right and uh worked a couple events security had a couple executive protection um that was around the time where I started doing like the riot security thing and I think it was 20 like September. That was when St. Louis had the Jason Stokely protest and we were up there doing that. And that was pretty, yeah, uh, I can imagine. um, Yeah, it was, uh, it was different, you know, that's, that's, that's the only thing you could say. It was different. You know, it was something 
Like, I was up there in New York 2015, 2014 during, like, the Occupy movements and shit and saw a bunch of that protest when, like, Eric Garner got fucking killed and all this shit. And it's like, it's like, man, I don't know, dude. You know, to think, I thought that was bad. And then to think, like, coming here, like, where we are in 2020, it's like I'd fucking laugh at myself. But, um, well, it was... all the protests and riots are the same fucking thing, man. It's like everything's cool till 9 o'clock and then a lot of people turn into werewolves and just start acting crazy. And you're just like, you're kumbayaing with everyone for five fucking minutes and then it's like, all right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like me and and Rogi talked about that a little bit. We touched on it a little bit, but it's like, I think with especially like protests in western countries right that generally start off peaceful there's really three types of people at the protest right so you have excuse me so you have people that are legitimately there to peacefully protest right person number one and that's a good amount of the people that are there, right? But not everyone and not even really a majority. I'd say person number two, which is the majority, is really just someone that wants to be a part of something, right? Yep. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. it's a crowd of people I agree. I agree with that. doing something. I want to be a part of it, right? And I'm not – And I'm not. what's up? Well, you got to think, what, what, when is this happening? As well, this is this is happening during a lockdown in which hundreds of people, or excuse mm-hmm. me, millions of people, were stuck at home to do nothing. Like this was an, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but this was, you know, people riled up. This is people who've lost money and homes, and well, not homes, but lost money and their jobs and their whole, and they've been told, no, you can't go to the bar for the first time in fifteen years. You know. These are people who are upset, whether it be about the un, like injustice in their eyes, or just because they can't go to fucking um, <laughs> Jack's Crab Shack or whatever the fuck. No, so and, you're, and you're 100 percent right, out. and I'm not, and I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, right? I'm not trying to give my opinion on it, but sorry, I lost my train of thought, my girlfriend. No, you're saying the second the people who just who just want to be a part of the history for sure. or just see for sure. what's going and then, on. And then there's person number three, right, which is definitely the minority of the three, but it's the most active, is the people that take advantage of the protests, and yeah. they're the ones that start the rioting, stuff like that. Yeah, it is. Um, I I think I went to like nine nine <laughs> functions while I was uh while I was here or during in June, maybe nine separate functions, and uh, the majority of them are pretty peaceful, as as you said. And then towards the end, it starts getting a little bit kinetic, or like. I don't know. I see something like one of them. I was at like the cops kind of let them play ball. Like they were just like, mm-hmm. you guys can do whatever you want in these parameters. And then they didn't want to, 
they didn't want to do that in the parameters, and then things got a little weird. And um, I don't know. It's just I was I was doing something similar to what Rugi was doing. So I just kind of stood with my people and the people I needed to uh, I needed to make sure we're safe. I wasn't going anywhere taking guns from anyone. It wasn't that exciting for me. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's yeah, that's pretty much where I was at with that. So I don't know. But yeah, you know, I did that I did that I started doing stuff like that in Indiana. And uh got some certificates, got some training, did some stuff, and then uh I ended up pushing on to uh end up pushing on to Afghanistan, I think February of twenty eighteen. So nothing, nothing too cool, but okay. I don't know. Flew in, I think, the 23rd of 2018. Okay. And where were you at? Uh, I was in, uh, I was in Bagram. I was working in Bagram. Um, I got, I got there about seven or eight months before Austin. Um, worked as an operations officer for about 10 months, 11 months, and then got promoted to a site manager. I did that for about a year. And, uh, among that did a bunch of other stuff as far as administrative duties, the training, medical, um, running around doing, you know, training, working with the coalition, doing force protection stuff. Outside, inside the wire, I was in charge of four about 400 uh, personnel with uh, perimeter security. So we worked very close with the uh, coalition, and um, I loved it. I had a blast. It was the best job. Uh, it kind of reinvigorated my love for just working and the military, I guess, and helping the Afghans and kind of validated yeah. my enlistment huh? if that makes sense got you, man. my time being there so yeah especially with everything going on and the politics of the war and shit like that like the fact that I was able to actually help the people of Afghanistan and make their lives a little better definitely made me feel yeah I'm sure dude I'm sorry how long did you say you were there again oh wow I think 21 months. It was February of 18. To, uh, I was I was a couple of days short of of November when I left. Okay. So nice. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It took a it took a lot out of me, man. It was old, you know, really stress out my family and all the money in the world really didn't matter at that point. Yeah. But. You know, it was definitely it was definitely invigorating. You know, I got to go to Kabul a lot. Got to actually be immersed in Kabul, walk around the streets. Um, you know, go you know, stayed in a villa a couple times. Got to go to the smaller places. So that you know, was that was the privilege of working for a smaller company and uh, one that kind of let me do whatever I wanted. So okay. for a while. 
and uh, was able to come in contact with some good people and hopefully was able to do some half decent things for people gotcha. while I was there. Gotcha. So, so we, you and Austin with the same company, I couldn't remember. Yeah, we were, he, he worked on like, he worked on a different side of it. So I worked on the local national side. He worked on the American side, the American side, like he was telling you just kind of stood at a gate and uh, just kind of chilled an internal post. And um, obviously local national side was a little bit more uh, involved. So I wasn't, I wasn't Austin's boss. Um, We just worked on separate projects. I guess technically I might have been senior to him, but I would come around probably once a week and just fuck around and talk to him and listen to Dan Smith <laughs> tell me about how awesome he was, and we just we would just make fun of him. I know Austin so. uh, is not particularly fond of that uh, that company. Do you share some of the same uh, critiques that he does? Yeah. 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 I won't, I won't say much, but, um, you know, I, I'll just, I'll say they gave me a lot of opportunity and I got the, I used what I could and I'm Fair grateful enough. for that for whatever it's worth. So I don't know. There are some good, there's some real good people in the, in, in the upper echelon and there are some people I didn't agree with. And in the end, I just, it was, as professional as it could have been and I was grateful for the opportunities they they uh they gave me working there and that's all I can say so if it wasn't for them I wouldn't have met a lot of the Afghans I was able to help out so yeah yeah, fair enough for you right so yep that's the the only way I look at it no matter how much (laughs) bullshit it may or may not have been. So I guess I guess you came back not that long ago then. Uh, so what did you do once you came back? Yeah. Um, started working in EMS. I was doing a lot of medical stuff up there. And then and then uh like in Afghanistan, I was able to uh work outside my scope a lot and do a lot of things that normally you couldn't do in the States. So I was able to start working in EMS over here and been doing that in November. And I've been doing that since with the exception of leaving to go to New York and my other adventures, I'll go on and shit like that. For sure. And so I guess you were in the middle of the EMS stuff when COVID hit then. Yeah, no, I started, um, so being from New York and going to high school up there, I started talking to people who were involved with it in, in March. You know, being in the Midwest, man, we're pretty ignorant to a lot of things, which is part of the reason why I like living here. And, um, you know, I started talking. I was like, hey, man, this is a big fucking deal. Like, like something's fucked up, you know? Yeah. And, like, things are not okay, my man. And everyone's just like, oh, it's just a New York problem. And I'm like, all right, man, maybe. Like, oh, and then, you know, I got, I was talking to one girl. I, you know, I used to fool her. 
And she just breaks down to me crying. And she's like, there's so much fucked up shit going on up here. And, you know, we don't know what the fuck's going on. And we can't help anyone. And X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, you need to calm the fuck down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, this, they just, these people are just fucking dying. And we put them on vents and they die. And you're just like, all right, dude, well, chill out for a second. You know? Like, <laughs> So it was a it was a less than desirable situation for a lot of those people, man. And like, um, you know, being up there and you know, getting all the intel and whatnot. And I don't know, man. Um, I, I guess I fell into. I I guess I might have fell into that person number two we were talking about with the protests and riots. It's like I just kind of. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be on the sidelines with it, you know? So I ended up going up to New York and, you know, I bounced around. I was in a field hospital. I did this like mobile outreach thing that we checked up on people in hotels and essentially made sure they weren't just dead because people were dying. They took all the homeless people and put them in hotels. Um, made sure they weren't dead in the hotels and then uh, pushed on, was at Elmhurst Hospital for about two weeks, which um, I don't know. Did, I pretty much was there for two weeks and saw all that nonsense, man. It's something else. So, oh. It was uh, it was an experience, man. That's that's all I can say. You know, I got to see a lot of different parts, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Um, I was just grateful I was there, man. And that's really what it comes it came down to. I was just grateful I was there. Yeah, no, I I hear it, man. I uh, I hear it for sure. But. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it for the world, man. So, I don't know. It's it's good to say I was a part of it. Yeah, and really I know. I know. In New York, they needed people bad. Yeah, there was a lot of mismanagement of of what was going on up there, and it, they could have did things a lot better, but. I don't know. Ultimately, we, you know, the people, people who were there, did the best they could with what they thought was right. And um, you know, I know I kind of sound like a politician, but I'm sure no one wants to hear me just rattle off fucking fuck all these people, you know. So you, know, you take that for what it's worth. Oh, hey, this. For some reason, with this app, they only let yeah. you do an hour calls. So we're at fifty-eight minutes right now, and then it cuts you off automatically at an hour. Okay. Um, so what I'll do is I'll end this real quick, and then I'll send you another okay. link if that's cool. Okay, let me go ahead and do that right now. Yeah, no issue with me. Sorry about that. No, you're fine, man. You gave me uh, time to start these. Uh... Peanut butter banana sandwich. Fair enough. So, um, unbeknownst to me, I have a time restraint, it would appear. Um, so, I guess we could 
start wrapping it up here. What, um, I mean, obviously you got done with your whole uh, COVID thing in New York, and now yeah. you're back in Missouri doing the whole EMT thing. Yep, living my best life, man. Writing, writing articles and uh, I don't know, just, just doing some of this, some of that, man. You know, checking out the occasional riot protest and uh, moving on with my life, man. Trying in nursing school. That's pretty cool as well. I hear it. I hear it. So what uh, what do you got going on now and in the near future? Well, definitely going to be writing more. You know, yeah. definitely. I guess that's the past and the future and the present. You know, doing some more certs, looking to keep contributing, getting some more guests on. So for the eight people that listen to this, definitely get real excited to hear some real fucking pretty awesome dudes and um we're just gonna keep on pushing out great content man and uh <clears throat> hopefully some good articles hopefully i keep doing some semi-interesting things to i don't know that one or two people want to read about so um, well, for sure I'm, I'm definitely excited for the uh the lineup we got uh coming up for the podcast i think it should be good um and it, i mean i you know i would not have access to them if it wasn't for you. So that's, that's awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, and the articles too. I mean, that's perspective that I can't write from. Right. Yeah. No, um, I definitely, COVID kind of fucked up a lot of things for everyone. So for sure, I had some trips lined up, which would have made some better articles and better guests, but in the end, um, still, Still got to make some experiences, and I'll be writing about them shortly. So, just kind of grinding, grinding through the last part of school right now, and then I'll figure it out from there. So, God, yeah, yeah. I got, I think I start school in uh, maybe a month, maybe a little bit more. Not (laughs) looking forward to it, man, but. Oh, well, it's got to be done. It's all going to be online again next semester. I really don't want to do that, but I also want to get it over with. Yeah, like I was uh, I was talking to a couple of my friends, and I'm like, man, I have so much difficulty doing this online thing because it's for classes yeah, that need to be, in, you know, it's like science classes that need to be in person and whatnot, and I'm just like, whatever at this point, dude. It's yeah, I had, um, I had, I was already doing one online class, but I had two poli sci classes and that's my major. And like the teacher that I had those classes with, I really liked, right? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I loved his lectures and I like legitimately wanted to go to that class, but you know, then everything went online. So I was reading it off of PowerPoint and it just got, I mean, the content was still interesting, you know, but it just wasn't the same. And then I had um astronomy too with like a lab inside the um planetarium or i I think that's what it's called Mm -hmm. and you know it's only so much you could do with that online and only so much you know interest it could give you as well yeah Yeah. 100 percent that boat man so yeah 
I guess we're a little bit rushed, but um, yeah, we wrap it up, man, and you know, I'll be around in the shadows, and then you know, be co-hosting here and there for those who care. And um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm sorry, I had to cut it a little bit short. We're gonna my kid loves trains and there's like one right down the street so we're gonna go take yeah, it to see it um, but yeah, i mean we'll definitely have you on again soon because i know you wanted to co-host with at least with a few of the uh, few of the episodes that we got coming up so that should be good i'm looking forward to it but dude once again thank you for having me on man really well yeah thanks for thanks for coming on it was yeah it's good to talk to you I always do. <laughs> Went off on a few tangents, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. You take it easy. Hey, you too. Bye.